How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Ryan. Today, we're discussing another lefty bullpen arm because this team has such a right-handed heavy bullpen unit right now. Wandy Peralta representing our only lefty, of course, you know, Zach Britton, Eraldis Chapman, both leaving free agency. And now we don't really have that diversity in the bullpen that we may prefer. You know, a lot of righties there. So maybe the Yankees want to bring in somebody with some veteran experience. And Ryan uh, concocted an interesting um, you know, a segment for today regarding Matt Moore, a veteran 33 years old, you know, featuring with the Texas Rangers last year, you know, spent time with the Phillies, the Tigers, the Giants, the Rays. He's been all over the place. And, you know, he's had a couple of really good seasons. And, and now it seems to be like he used to be a starting pitcher. Now he's kind of uh, regressed into a bullpen role, you know, pitched almost 200 innings back in 2016. But now it seems like, you know, primarily uh, a bullpen type of guy that can help this team significantly. Maybe if you need a spot starter, Matt Moore can definitely fit the bill. Um, but Ryan, you know, tell me a little bit about Matt Moore, what he offers this team, and how you do today, my friend? I'm doing great. Uh, and when we're looking at Matt Moore here, we're looking at someone who I think could end up being a guy whose market fell a lot shorter than he thought it would uh, fall. You know, quite frankly, this all comes down to the Yankees' ability to move one of their infielders and, uh, you know, open up some cap space. The Yankees, again, aren't going to be, or not cap space, luxury tax space. Uh, but the Yankees are not going to be exceeding that Steve Cohen luxury tax. So there are a couple of factors at play here. Number one, does Matt Moore's market fall? I think it kind of has at this point. No one has given him, no one has, he hasn't signed yet. We're in February. I think he'd like to sign before pitchers and catchers report. So I imagine he could sign at any point. Um, when we're looking at a guy like Matt Moore, you know, last year, 1.95 ERA, the 2.98 FIP, you know, he had issues with his command, 12.5% walk rate. Uh, but there are a couple of good signs of progression in terms of command. You know, I've talked, I, I've talked about this, um, on the show before. Uh, but in terms of when we're talking about command and, 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 you know, velocity, one of the first things to come back when you come back from injury and Matt Moore came back from a couple of injuries last year and not really being completely built up, um, you know, it's command that comes back later, right? Fastball velocity that usually comes back first. And that sounds a little shocking to hear, you know, what, what do you mean? Velocity comes back first after injury. Shouldn't it be the other way around? But guys typically get to their, um, you know, where they're going to be sitting at in terms of velocity uh, pretty early on into the uh, return process, whereas their command typically is the thing that struggles heavily uh, as they recover. And Matt Moore really struggled with his command to start the year. He settled down command. I mean, he still had a not great walk rate uh, after the month of May. But, um, you know, if we're looking at his number, his walk rate after the month of May versus before, you know, in terms of just walk percentage, it was uh, it was still around 10 percent. But beforehand, it, we're talking, you know, 16 percent, you know, really high numbers they kind of bat so bad that you can't pitch that you can't throw that pitcher out there numbers you know uh last year 15.7 percent from april to may uh 10.9 percent after the strikeout to walk rate was better after may um the era was good all year it's not like he had an era issue at any point during the year uh but his era was also significantly better uh, as he stopped walking so many batters uh if you look at his pitch mix you know he's a guy who throws a high fastball you know he has 18.1 inches of induced vertical break now for everyone at home not knowing what induced vertical break is uh, that measures how much vertical movement we're getting here. So more induced vertical break. Um, you think of fastballs like Garrett Coles or Carlos Rodon's, right, where they um, play well up in the strike zone. They have that rising effect to them. And then, you know, if you think of a lower induced vertical break, that'll be talking about sinkers. So we have like five or six inches of induced vertical break. That's a sinking fast. We'll think more. Clay Holmes, Jonathan Loisega, uh, Wandy Peralta. Um, and he's, you know, Matt Moore's 
also got you know things like a knuckle, knuckle curveball uh it gets a decent amount of drop you know it's got negative 10.9 inches of induced vertical break so there's almost 30 inches of vertical separation between the four seam fastball and the changeup there are roughly 10 inches of separation vertically between the four seam fastball and the changeup um and overall there are three plus pitches um and they all do a really good job at getting swings and misses um and, and quite frankly we're talking about a simple pitch mix like that where it's you know just playing with uh vertical deception that should play well for getting strikeouts that should get a lot more fly balls and while you might think to yourself a fly ball pitcher in yankee stadium doesn't sound great when they're left-handed you know we're talking about a left-handed uh you know uh, pitcher in yankee stadium You'll, you'll see better success typically uh, and especially with no shift you don't have to worry about him being a guy who uh, you know could give up more batted balls in play uh, and suffer uh, because of no shift next year or a limited shift next year so overall I think he projects pretty well for next year and his stuff is still really good yeah, I mean, if you look back at 2021 with the Phillies, 6.29 ERA obviously was a down season, 7.77 uh, strikeouts per nine, 66% left on base rate, you know, 39% ground ball rate, um, over 73 innings. So a pretty substantial sample size, and the numbers were not altogether that great, but you know, fast forward 2022, the guy was absolutely electric. He was one of the best bullpen arms in the game. You know, 1.95 ERA, um, 10.09 strikeouts per nine, barely gave up any home runs, 0.36 home runs per nine with a 4.2% home run uh, fly ball ratio and a 44% ground ball rate with an 81.1% left on base rate over 74 innings. This guy really, you know, came on and, you know, he started 13 games in 2021, made 24 appearances. So they were kind of utilizing, it was like a half, you know, bullpen half starter. He didn't start a single game last year. He was predominantly only a uh, bullpen arm. And as a lefty, this is a really intriguing type of player. Now, 33 years old, obviously is a little bit on the older side, but you know, what do you think his market is right now? As you said, he kind of waited, you know, things kind of deteriorated in terms of what he was asking. What do you think the Yankees would have to pay to get him right now? Yeah, so, you know, I know that reports came out that he was looking for like around $9 million right now. Um, if his market falls a little bit and, you know, at this point, it just kind of has fallen, uh, significantly, um, you know, if you can get him at four or $5 million, you know, even, even after moving IKF, you know, you can say, well, what about the Yankees left field situation? If the Yankees aren't able to acquire a left fielder and they still move IKF, right. You know, do you just do nothing with the money? I feel like that would kind of be a waste. You know, you move with IKF just to save money. Like, I, you know, I really wouldn't, uh, be completely on board with that. Go out and get, you know, bolster your bullpen, make a, make a, a, uh, Make something that you feel is quote unquote weak a lot stronger, right? Um, you know, that opens up a bench spot. You want to put Rafael Ortega there and again just platoon Hick, him and Hicks and pray you get a 100 WRC plus out of it. You just need league average, right? We, we just need league average out of left field for now. Uh, we've talked about this a lot. You're surviving until the deadline at that position. Um, and, and Matt Moore, if you throw him in that bullpen, man, you know, this is a guy, I know that his uh, FIP was higher than his ERA and his peripherals were higher than his ERA, but if you get anything close to a one eight three ERA next year out of Matt Moore, or even a sub-3 ERA, throw him in that bullpen. Uh, we're talking about, you know, a bullpen that is going to be absolutely unstoppable next year. Uh, quite frankly, I, I couldn't imagine a, a better fit for the for the Yankees as a as a reliever. He throws he can throw multiple innings. As you mentioned, la- the year prior to 2022, he was a starter with the Phillies. He's a starter for most of his career. So um, this is a guy who can give you, you know, two innings if need be. You think about those extra inning situations, the 10th, uh, you know, where they have the uh, runner on second. Could you imagine? You know what? Let's just throw Matt Moore out there who handles right handed 
pitching well, uh, right-handed hitting uh, extremely well too. It's not like he's bad against righties. He actually performs a little better against righties, and that makes sense. It's a vertical uh, profile, so you know vertical deception plays better against opposite-handed hitting than it does against your same-handed hitting. Uh, it's not like he performs poorly against lefties. You know, uh, 282 Woba allowed. You know, they hit 243 off of him. Um, they're, they're not hitting him either. They, they cannot slug off of him either. 324 slugging for lefties. He's going to do really well in Yankee Stadium. Uh, he is a strikeout machine against left-handed and right-handed pitching uh, hitting. So, um, again, I think you could agree with me here. Just the the prospect, the idea of Matt Moore in this bullpen, just it, it would make this bullpen so much better. It would make this pitching staff so much deeper. It would make this team just that much better, right? Uh, and, at, you know, at that point, it's like getting a better version of Lucas Litke, right? Um, and this is no disrespect to Lucas Litke. Um, but if you're saying, hey, we're going to take Lucas Litke and make him better, one, and two, uh, you could throw him in high leverage. This bullpen, I mean, they're, they're going to be the best in baseball with Matt Moore, and I don't, I don't really think that's a debate. Yeah, absolutely. Matt Moore is kind of this, you know, interesting player that you could – and you could use him as a spot starter. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I like about him the most is, like, you know, you have Herman, you have Clark Schmidt. You know, maybe Herman has some value right now and you can actually trade him. And maybe, you know, I don't know, you can go get some prospects or whatever it might be for Herman. He's a good number five. He, he's probably a starter um, in the rotation and uh, multiple other rotations around the league. Um, but when it comes to Matt Moore, he's got the longevity and proven uh, durability that he can be a spot starter if you need him to do that. Um, again, lefty, so he's got some diversity as a primary bullpen piece, was fantastic last season, as you said. So, you know, this is definitely a player that I think the Yankees should look at. The problem right now, and, you know, this is the same thing they're running into with Jerickson and Profar, they have no money to spend, right? So, like, right now, they're at $287 million, and the next luxury tax threshold's at two ninety three. So they really only have about $5, 6000000 million to spend, and even then, they want to have a little bit of cash just in case an injury happens. They have to trade for somebody and consume a contract or sign somebody to smooth over anything. Um, unless they manage to trade IKF or Donaldson or Hicks, we're kind of cash-strapped right now. You know, We don't have much money to play with because they don't want to push beyond that luxury tax threshold, that Steve Cohen uh, threshold. So right now... If the Yankees are going to make any moves for a player like Matt Moore, for a player um, like, you know, Jerickson Profar, they're going to have to offload one of those contracts. And for the time being, I don't see that happening until we figure out what happens in the infield. Um, you know, what we see, what happens with the shortstop position, that's going to be a very big determining factor about, you know, our salary situation and, you know, where we are in terms of allocations um, and how close we are to that threshold and if we have a little bit of leeway to spend elsewhere. So, you know, Take a look at in spring training. We're going to be doing a lot of work looking at the shortstops, looking at left field, who's kind of on the brink, who could be traded, who could be moved, how much money could be saved. We've discussed this extensively this offseason, but IKF right now seems like he could end up being the odd man out because I don't think that Cashman has a way to get rid of Donaldson. The baggage and the money is just too much for another team to even want. Hicks, I mean, you know, coming off a couple bad seasons, we don't have much depth in left field right now. We don't have much depth, you know, behind center field. You know, Judge wants to play center field, but, you know, they obviously have Harrison Bader there. How many games can he play? You need guys to supplement those reps. Hicks, unfortunately, um, you know, aside from Oswaldo Cabrera, is kind of that guy that would feature in the outfield as a depth piece if, if you know, that would be like a best case because that means somebody else won the starting job and looked really good. So, Right now, it's all about getting some money off the books to afford guys like Matt for Matt Moore to afford guys like Jerks and Profar. So unless that happens soon, um, you know nothing's really going to go down in terms of trades or acquisitions. So those things could end up happening though in the, in the in the upcoming future. So we'll definitely keep you guys updated on that. As always, my friends, make sure to enjoy the rest of your day. Like and subscribe as always, and we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode.